The goons came back to Orange Avenue last night. They left swastikas and whatever they couldn't knock over. The president has now offered me a new and unique opportunity. How does it work? It's designed for city boys to go spend a summer with a farm family and integrate into larger society. You're not going. You're scared of anything you don't know. Isn't that something? To see the American president shaking hands with Hitler. Now it's like we're living on the edge of a knife. Yeah, my country's gone to hell. I'm here to settle an old score. Thinking about leaving before it's too late. Maybe it's too early to leave, but it's not too early to have a backup plan. This is my country. Did you haters want a country? We got plenty to choose from. This one did not get it. credits the plot against america where me and jack are gonna detail hey you know what if the president and everyone were was a hitler sympathizer jack what's goody what is going on man so what the people don't know is we don't been up here like a fucking hour or whatever almost (laughs) if you guys could have heard the wild shit we was going back and forth about i don't fan coco and everything he's barking in the back I'm not exactly quarantined. You're like half quarantined, but you know, sometimes you just got to talk to your people. That's it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm officially quarantined <laughs> guys. So I got a lot of free time or whatever. A lot of shit. I need to catch you guys up on. I, like I told my homies the other day, I, w- I did three music reviews back to back to back, whatever. I have not recorded them yet. You might get them. You might not. Who knows? It depends on other people, whatever. I still, I don't do this alone, you know? So don't get mad at me. The ether but, exists. Who knows what fact. comes out of it? Also, great news or whatever. I'm going to have to put the air horns in here or whatever. My dad is discharged and back home or whatever. God bless. <laughs> good shit right there. I'm so excited. You know, everything is good. And I ain't got to go back to that hospital. Praise the Lord. Get Corona out of here. For real, man. I'm not trying to have any of that shit. So you watched last night. I watched... Um, couple hours ago oh, i watched right. monday i watched monday night so it was like right. an hour after it aired but it's been okay. a minute and i watched like right around lunch you know i was trying to think of like getting you with a april fool's joke stab or something like that and then oh, you know God. it was gonna be corny as shit so i was like you know maybe not hey man the, the wildest shit i think i saw was a. Uh, Shout out my homie Dion or whatever. I think I was on Facebook randomly or whatever. And he was like, yo, my Trump check came through. And I was like, nah, chill. And I looked at the comments. <laughs> I saw everybody going at him. And I was like, oh, yeah, I should have known. That's not a bad one. Uh, probably the most disfaced, distasteful potential <laughs> April 1st of all time. So glad that people uh, respected it a little bit. 
You know, right. I saw, not to mention it like that. Facts. I, I saw one good one sports center posted on Instagram, actually, where some dad convinced his daughters that it was they were going back to school today. They're all outside. And he was like, what, so what's today? <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Now that you mentioned that, too, I'm not going to mention her by name because I ain't going to blow her spot up. But one of my uh, homies or whatever, who is a high school teacher, was literally was literally hitting up her students talking about some oh so yeah they're gonna they're gonna keep you guys in the same grade <laughs> i'll send you that shit i'll send you that shit in a little bit that's dope because like she even had their responses and i'm like yo you are petty but i already hey, knew that about her i so mean god bless how much pettiness can there be on april fools though i mean we gotta get those jokes out there well this is true you know nobody's gotten me or whatever well, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, terrible, horrible time to be joking. But, you know, we out here. Yeah, you, you got to do what you got to do, man. <laughs> Part three, I am pulling the notes up right now. Oh, boy, I have a lot of them. We are in 1941 now, May mm-hmm. of 41. Yep. So Philip wakes up to to a wicked nightmare, which I'm not calling it a dream or whatever. Also, when's the last time you fell off your bed? Oh, I actually have a good story for that. Um, I want to say it was 1996 or 1997. Um, I was sharing oh, bunk beds with my sister. So, um, GoldenEye, 007, N64. Oh, Classic. So you remember the end of that first level there, like it's whatever base it is. And uh, James Bond goes bungee jumping over the side. Right. I have a dream where I'm bungee jumping over a dam and I have this feeling as I'm going over the edge. that I was like, damn, it really feels like I'm falling. <laughs> Hit the fucking floor. <laughs> Roll out of the top bunk. Whoa. <laughs> Look, that same thud, too. That is not edited, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> I also had bunk beds. Uh, funny story, though. I was using both of them. What? I, I just wanted bunk beds. See, <laughs> so you just had a feeling like t- t- tonight's a top bunk night. Yeah. By that point, my, by that point, my other brother, my oldest brother was living with my grandma and my other brother had his own room and I had my room and I just happened to have bum beds. Yep. You were primed for some stepbrothers activity with those bunk beds, but you know. Yeah. Did I not catch you with the stepbrothers reference? Um, I, I got you now, not as you mentioned it or whatever, but <laughs> that was one of the movies I caught a little bit later on in life or whatever. Fair enough. It's a it's a classic. It is. Um, I I, I was I, I was upset too because I can confront like it's it's really good and same thing with Talladega Nights. I'm like, oh, this is the movie you guys always say is good. I'm like, this is actually funny. Dude, but I was late on it. My sister and I saw that together in the theater. Laughed our fucking asses off for Christmas that year. We both got each other the DVD. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So yeah, um, our guy Philip ends up on the floor, and we go from there into well, so Herman in, in the up? nightmare, he's looking. Oh yeah, at the stamp speak book, on nightmare. Right? Speak on nightmare. I'm tripping. No, you're good. So he's looking at the stamp book, and he's flipping through the pages while he's standing in the middle of the street while they had the little game going on with all the countries and everything they're playing. It what in episode one, 
and every stamp is Hitler. He's just flipping through every stamp is Hitler. So he's catching these anxiety dreams. It's not not looking good for Philip's psyche. Nah, not at all, man. Not at all. And uh, that would have freaked me out, too. You know? Well, yeah, it's fucking Hitler. I mean, I'm, fuck, I'll, I'll reveal it. I'll never forget when um, Obama got elected and I was at work and my mom just like, she told me to be safe. And I was like, what, what, what's that supposed to mean? She was like, just really? be safe. Swear to God. That's and that actually, was, what, 2008? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's actually kind of a good look on her, but mm, it's kind of scary. Oh, yeah. It was terrifying. I remember I was at work or whatever, and she's just like, yo, just be safe today. And I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> like, so I remember I'm at work and shit, and I was at the grocery I was working at the grocery store still or whatever. I'm like, you know, 16. And I'm just looking up, like, yo, there's going to be snipers on top of the fucking IGA. And I'm like, oh, yo, I'm tripping. Was that legit, like, your feeling? Like, I mean, I guess based in the context of your mom's text and stuff, like, first black president elected, like, you know, be a little fearful? Sort of guy. Damn. Um, a couple of years ago when Trump got elected, like, legit, I remember, like, text threads or whatever being like, yo, what the fuck's about to happen? That... I think was more across the board with everyone or everyone, not everyone, but you know, yeah, more that was less race dependent in my mind. There were a lot of white people that felt the same way, but a lot of white people of a certain type of leading. So, um, right. You know, I think a lot of people felt that way, but damn, I, I don't know. That's interesting. I would oh, I'm, I'm going to was... tell you guys a lot of like personal stories this episode, because I, you know, I've been saying since episode one, like, this minority thing or whatever, we really relate to a lot more stuff than what we, we you know what I'm saying? We're definitely going to get into it probably like oh, halfway God. through here. Trust, I got some shit for y'all later. Just wait on that. Yeah. We literally go into Herman and other people scrubbing off Nazi symbols off of Jewish graves. Actually, we skipped one scene. I'm just going to catch happened? you real quick. Um, Ev was in the temple. Um, oh, oh, I got I got her ass next. I got her ass next. I, I lumped it all together. All right, cool, cool, cool. I, I call I call her faking the funk. Go ahead. <laughs> Trust. I I call her faking the funk because I'm like she still doesn't know when to to squat. I mean not squat, but sit back down, and she doesn't know when to like she still doesn't know the words. She's lip singing. All right, so I there's only one thing I really want to bring up, or two things I want to bring up about this. One was so, that um, Rabbi Bengelsdorf definitely catches her this time. He's like, yes, what that the fuck. Like, like looking at her like, uh, who the fuck is this lady I'm with? And that's a little getting a little uh weird for him. Like, you don't know what the hell's going on here. Two, I Googled this shit. So I told you last time it was called Temple, right? I just I called it Temple this time. So there's Temple and there's synagogue. And I as a potential Gentile that grew up in New Jersey, I should probably know the difference. So it's Probably referred to by most Jewish sects as a synagogue. Synagogue is ha- kind of how they refer to their place of worship. Right. And most sects of Judaism refer to temple as the original place of worship in Jerusalem specifically. So to many sects of Judaism, I'm not going to say the majority because I don't really know anything the fuck I'm talking about. I just Googled right. it and had to make sure I knew what I was talking about. So anyone's mad at me from last episode for any reason, whatever. Some sects of Judaism refer to temple as there's only one temple in Jerusalem itself, period, which I imagine is the one where 
they lit the candles on Hanukkah and they were only supposed to last so many days. They lasted seven days and that's how the tradition of lighting candles on Hanukkah and all that works. So it's a synagogue for all, you know, the people are trying to catch us on any errors we got going on here. Hey man, somebody gonna fact check me or whatever. I got some words for him or whatever, but you know. <laughs> I'm not trying to I don't think anyone's coming after us. I'm just saying, you know, I looked it up. I, I recognized there was a difference. I remembered, I looked into it. Synagogue. Y'all, y- hey, y'all just remember too, whatever. Not only is it don't bite your tongue or whatever, Jack the politically correct one. Hey, I'm not. You know, I'm trying to be out here. <laughs> Look, I I'm not. Look, someone's going to come out to be like, you said you grew up in Jersey. Yeah, I I, I went to bat, mitzvah, bat mitzvahs, bar mitzvahs. They were at synagogues. Fair enough. I mean, I, but just, I, you're not supposed I, to I know everything or whatever. Like, that, that's, that's about as dumb as people are like, oh, well, you're black. You should know this. Like, no, that's ignorant as shit. It happens, unfortunately. Yeah. No, that's a good good point. But, you know, I collected my fair share of yarmulkes from uh bot and bar mitzvahs i should probably know the difference you still got them uh i don't think so but maybe i i'm gonna say we, we got to drop a picture you would want on or whatever for the ig <laughs> if i go if i go my mom's attic where all my old shit is i bet you there's a couple yo shout out y'all got an attic that's wild what Why i mean we got wild? trailers and shit but we ain't got like an attic Look, classic Jewish tradition. You got to have an attic. And Frank, y'all. Whoa. And now I'm canceled. Yeah, I'm about to... <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about the Tanjays later. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, um, they're scrubbing off the squat, the swastikas and everything, and Herman refuses to be, like, scared off, which, of course, you know, we're going to get into that more later on, too. So, I want to get into that a little bit, so... So the gravestones of the Jewish cemetery have been desecrated by, you know, what is assumed to be America firsters. The police and the mayor show up and Herman is surprised. Not only they showed up, but they showed up at all. You know, they're a little bit late, but at least they came. My question is spray paint that easy to clean off, like with soap and water on stone? (laughs) I didn't even think about it. Like, look. I spray painted something recently you know, as a piece of my house. It dries pretty quick. You know, I don't know what paint was like, especially in aerosol form back in the 40s. Was it just runny? Did it have less different properties of permanence? Seemed like they wiped it off pretty easily. I, I thought that was a little weird. But, you know. And they were they was scrubbing, too, man. We don't know how long they was out there scrubbing for. They were scrubbing for a while. And, again, the police were late. The mayor was late, so maybe they were scrubbing for a long time. Maybe it came off after a number of scrubs. I thought it was interesting. I thought it was weird. But, you know, paints, I'm sure, are not of the same quality now as they were back then. This is true. So, getting to Shepsi, talking to Herman there? Yeah. And, you know, it just... I mean... Herman was in rare form this episode or whatever. For and I'm going to speak about it a little bit later or whatever, because it's between him and someone else about who won the episode for me. But, you know, we, we say that one for later on. Sure. Uh, like you were talking about, you know, Evelyn at synagogue, excuse me. And, you know, they Rabbi Bengelsdorf is talking to her about, you know, the offer that president 
Lindenberg has offered him. You nailed the name, by the way. Bruh, off the top, too. I ain't even got it written down. I still have, <laughs> I still have my, my notes, Rabbi Lionel, because I refuse to write Bengelsdorf down that much. I have not been either, but you nailed it. It's getting in your zeitgeist. It's getting in your head. My phone is correcting me when I write best now. Like, best? And I'm like, oh, God, you're there. I told you. I fucking told you. Fuck, you did call it last episode. (laughs) Best? Best? Question mark? I'm like, no, no, Siri. No. No one's trying to do that. So he says he's going to assist the Jewish American assimilation program called Just Folks. Just Folks. Wow. Kind of a in ominous name for a potentially ominous program yeah that's yeah, I, I don't i don't really have much because i'm just like hmm. let's see where they go let's see where this goes let's see where they take this yeah um we're gonna get on into alvin and one of his buddies you know with some chicks at the bar Taking shots and everything. I'm almost reminded of whenever we would meet up downtown and shit. <laughs> and well, a former uh, a former roommate of yours or whatever, I'll never forget, tried to kill me one time when we all took Jaeger bombs. She did? Oh, bro, you weren't there? No, I'd never done a Jaeger bomb in a bar. With fucking uh, crossbones or whatever. I came over there and see y'all and everything. Maybe just see them and, oh, God, Darius, let's get this. And I'm just like, okay, cool. You know, I'm not going to back down from anything. Yeah, I was like, oof, that won't it, Chief. K-Bay did that to you? Yeah, she did. I she would, ha- I love would have bombs. to. I'm like, ugh. Wait, hold on. I disagree with that. That was a forward influence on her by her own poor decision-making, I'm sure, with outside influence if she was doing Jaeger bombs. But if she was doing them, she would rope you into it for sure. And think about what time I get downtown compared to like what time y'all normally did or whatever. So I'm like, so you, like, <laughs> you know, by the time I get earlier. there, right. So like, I, I'm just starting to get in on my, you know, on my wave or whatever. Like y'all are toasted. I mean, dude, I'm doing, <laughs> I'm doing my own th- thing the whole time. I'm down there as it is. So right. I'm doing my own shots and doing my own thing. That's how I rolled. If they're doing know, I'm, a, I'm a whiskey spice rum guy or whatever, so I'm just like, okay. I, I, I immediately went over to the bar across the street and was like, yeah, I need, I need two, two now. Like, <laughs> I need to wash this Jager bomb out of my mouth, man. If they were doing Jager bombs, I was like, like, bro, I'm like four shots ahead of you. Don't get me involved with this whatsoever. Don't need that Red Bull. Don't need to be out here till one. I'm doing my thing. <laughs> right. That's how I rolled. That Greenville life. Mm. Waiting, waiting for the show this episode, by the way. We'll see what happens. <sighs> so, you know, Alvin, Al, Alvin's at the bar with his homie or whatever. And he gets him a little, little nice blonde ting, is what I say. You know, a little ting out there. I literally wrote down canoodling with the chick. Don't know. Couldn't why. Yo, yo, shout out the fact like canoodling or whatever. Like me and my homie was using that a couple of years ago. Yeah, I mean, he was just I like. His friend took the other girl, went off to dance, and they were just canoodling. That's all they were doing. And then they decided to bounce, do their own thing. I. It was a judgment of me watching it, to use that word. I mean, I, I already knew what was about to go down. I was like, yo, you know, we've already seen where this goes, but, you know. Well, to be fair, it took a couple of turns in order for them to get there. 
But yeah. Do you remember what he said the shots tasted like? No. It was something funny or whatever. I, I'm just mad I didn't write it down to remember. But yeah, this 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 totally took me back or whatever while thinking about you being like, yo, so those Jaeger bombs at one time or whatever. Which I mean, I gotta say one time. I, I like I realized that was her thing. I think it was a thing of a thing that someone else was into that she was involved with. That's all I'm gonna say about K Bay. Not gonna talk shit. Hey man, that 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 sounds about right or whatever, you know. She would just indoctrinate herself with the people she was with. So that was their thing. I know she's not listening or whatever. If I say, if so, love you, you know, it's just, no, <laughs> just no. Hey, I advised them and some other folks to be watching this show and listening to this shit. So hopefully you're out there, but I doubt it. You know, we we try, man. I send the links off. You do too. You do a well, great job. Of all the people that don't follow a bunch of shit in life, we're talking about her. Yeah, it, oh god, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we gotta turn this into a personal attack, or whatever. Um, <laughs> I can, I can. Uh, Phillips at the doctors, and you know they're asking about the dreams or whatever, and the doctor ends up telling Best about all the Jewish kids having a flight or flight dreams. You know, like the response to what everything's going on. Yeah, sounds terrible, man. Sounds real terrible. Well, I think it gets into what I think we talked about a good bit last episode. It's like your kids are catching on to what the adults are, have going on in their lives and they're feeling their anxiety. Right. So like you're getting indoctrinated into the political beliefs and the system that your parents are dealing with and resonating with the resonations echo out and they echo out to the children. So they catch it and they mention it more later. It's just like, you know, all the kids of Jewish descent are having similar symptoms and it's because it's grading on the parents and right. the best you can do to protect your family from that only goes so far. You know, all the anxiety that you're dealing with within your family, the rest of your family is going to feel some echoes of that. Right. And like, you know, I told you whatever, my parents never, I never felt any just stress as far as like a political figure or anything like that or whatever, you know, like, if it happened, I never, you know what I'm saying, sentenced it, so. No, and I feel the same way, but of the political things that have happened that targeted our culture specifically, you know, maybe more so than mine in general, you know, across the board, I think our parents probably did a better job than, I don't want to say most, but maybe right. some parents to not bring that into this the out family structure. Because I'm just throwing this out there, too. I, it probably won't happen until, you know, your, like, fabulous wedding and everything. I cannot wait to meet your moms. Oh, my God. It's going to be incredible. You're not ready. I, I don't think she's ready. <laughs> <laughs> I promise to be tamed or whatever, but you know it's still me at the end of the day. No one's asking to be tamed. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, bro. Hell yeah. You, you be your damn self. Hey. But, but yeah. As much as you think you're ready, you're not ready. Oh, okay. That's hey, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> but we got a ways. Thank God, by the way, we're not doing it this year. Get pushed back six months, lose deposits. Let's get over this corona nonsense. Right. Little bro's supposed to have his in November or whatever, so hopefully to God we'll be good by then. You know, I think we will be too, but I'm just like 
I was down for the engagement that we planned, and I'm way down with it now. I'm like, thank God. <laughs> we, we right. Put it off to the extent that we did for other reasons, more so intentionally than obviously this, because who could have predicted? But, man, feels feels better knowing it's down the line. Um... Um, do, do we, do we know mom, do we know mama Evelyn and mama Bess's name? I just had grandma. Yeah. So, um, she's starting to show like signs of Alzheimer's, like they're really kicking in, like, like can't tell the difference between her daughters. Yeah. It, it's already been foreshadowed to this point and it's bad in this episode. She's really losing it. I mean, yeah. she thinks Ev is best. She thinks Bess is Ev. Tells Ev that she sat with the rabbi boy, which, you know, is actually kind of funny that she refers to him as boy. Because, like, how, right. how, yeah, how far apart do you think they really are? Uh, that that was kind of the um, what I was getting at last episode, too, where it's like she's treating him like he's like this young boy that she's welcoming into her house. It's like, I think you're like 15 years apart. <laughs> like, I don't really know, but. Right. Not really a boy. Like. I ain't gonna say this one. Like, I, you know, I don't really, I haven't really dealt with that necessarily. Like, one of my, uh, one of my older grandmas, but I don't necessarily see her all the time like that or whatever. Uh, but she my, did think I was like my brother. No, I think she thought I, at one point she thought I was my sister's boyfriend or something. I was like, that's weird. I didn't deal with it like but, that. You know. um, my grandmother, who, well, I say, one of my grandmothers had Alzheimer's, so. Uh, we dealt with it to an extent, but it was mostly like when exposed to us, it was like she told the same stories over and over and over again. It wasn't like she was confusing us, but then by the time she passed, it was um, we hadn't seen her enough to really be up to date with her confusion in life and things like that, which seemed to have created on my grandfather long enough to where it was obvious to him. But, you know, right. Can't really. Oh getting too serious now <laughs> but yeah um i definitely understand older people you know do you think alzheimer's was a thing of the time or do you just think people recognize it as like older people get confused i, I don't think it was i think i think old, i think they just thought older people got confused or whatever i'm gonna say yeah that's Before what was i was dying they're just like what the hell like you know it's interesting the way they're portraying it in the show, though, because it's clearly Alzheimer's, but, like, the right. characters recognize it that way, and they're frustrated by it in the same way, but they don't speak on it like that. Right, because, you know, Herman and Bess talk about it later, where Bess tells them, and she, he's like, you know, I'm sorry, because, like, Bess is, you know, clearly frustrated. Or not frustrated, yeah. but, you know, upset. Yeah, it's, like, not happy about it, but... It's like accepted as a thing. Makes you think, how long did that kind of thing go undiagnosed? Right. And I just wrote it down because, I mean, one, you know, we're getting these details and shit. But, like, two, you also like me or like, okay, this is here for a reason. I don't know what for exactly yet. But, it, you know, I feel like everything that we see is going to be like, okay, pay attention because this is going to mean something down the road. You know? To, to be fair, I didn't read into it that far, but I think you're right. Like it's gonna eventually play into her saying with six, something with to six someone episodes, that gotta be. No, I think you're right. Now I didn't think about it that far, but yeah, she's gonna end up saying the wrong thing to the wrong girl for sure. Can't wait. This that's a very good read by you. 
<sighs> Next, we're going to go into Alvin and, you know, his little blonde ting having their pillow talk. So let me this just uh, let me go, go back go, a little go bit off because I have a couple of questions for you. Whatever. Go off. All right. We're going to go back just a second. So they left the bar together and yes. then they heard the siren go off. Do you know where they are? No, but shit's on fire. I, I'm like, I didn't know if I was supposed to write that down or not or whatever. Because I'm like, okay, I'm, I was like, I'm, I literally was about to write down. Jack's gonna bring up the fire shit because I don't know what the fuck's happening right now. So yeah, I was curious about what, where they were, where he was, what was going on when they were in the bar. So they end up leaving the bar. They're going home. The siren goes off. They're in London. That's why she is British, and they. That's a siren for bombing of German bombing going on in London. That's where they're located at the point. And she says, we're going to go shelter in the tube. The tube is subway in London. That's what ticked me off to. That's where they actually are. So they, they end up at her apartment. Um, They have the windows blacked out from the bombing and everything. The power is going out and uh, Alvin and, I'm going to reach out here because I think this is her name. Not 100% sure. June. Yes. Possibly. Possibly. Oh, they boning. They doing this? Oh, yeah. Facts. Facts. I mean, yeah, that's not actually a conjecture that really helps the show for sure. Um, (laughs) Were you disappointed that HBO didn't show any titty? Um... And not to mention or whatever, and it is HBO, like, we would see that. You would think so. I mean, think about the first two seasons of Game of Thrones. Shit. I'm not going to say I'm disappointed. First 15 minutes in Game of Thrones. Oh, Danny, 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 girl. Yeah, yeah we saw her taking back shots, like, by episode three. You know Amelia Clark, like, body replaced <laughs> after that real quick. I heard. <laughs> Season six ain't her body. Anyway, oh, not man. getting to the Game of Thrones pod again. again. Yeah, I'm not gonna upset him again, guys. Stress. I'm gonna get that off. I'm gonna get that out of him one episode. Yeah, I'll just wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, her and June go to the Bone Zone for sure, and then they start just rattling off like. Damn. I, I want to. I want to hear what you think about this. Like you know, um, Alvin's speech before I before I say what I say about it. I want you to go first, though. <clears throat> well, they had like multiple keywords going on. Both of their opinions on the situation that's going on. Um, living on the edge of a knife, thrill of war, spitting at death. I mean, they both have shared experience now where they are at this point in the war, where they both feel like. It's exciting how dangerous it is. And they're both young and they're both feeling it. Right. So he asks her what she does and she won't tell him. And mm-hmm. it out that she is a signatory. Oh, let's see. I fucked it up. I told you I fucked this up. Signatory of the Secrets Act. Which we don't know what that is, but it sounds like it's some British military thing where they are they've signed some kind of secretive act in which they've made some agreement with someone for something. You know, I kinda think it's probably with the Germans to not bomb certain locations within the city 
something like that. Who knows? So she's asking, well, she makes the comment that he is Jewish and that he doesn't seem so different than her. So it seems to him where it's like, what do you mean? Like, I'm just a person. And is it, it's kind of portrayed to Alvin. Is it like a choice to be Jewish? And that's where he really goes off. Right. He is Jewish. He's very much making the statement that he is a Jew. And then she asks, you know, does that mean you believe in God? He's like, no, I don't believe in God, but I'm definitely a Jew. And he's like, she's like, I really don't know what that means. Like, what do you mean? Like you, you are convinced that you're of a religion, but you don't subscribe to the, um, religious aspects of what that means. He's like, well, you know, my father was a Jew. My grandfather was a Jew. All my relatives leading up to where I am at this point in my life were Jewish. So, I ascribe to being a Jew, which means to me, all these people that are out here in the world that don't want Jewish people to survive, to be a part of the world anymore, they don't want us to be there. That's what I tap into. It has nothing to do with me going to synagogue. It has nothing to do with me praying for a God that I don't believe in. It's more of a family connection. All these motherfuckers that want us gone. And he specifically goes into it further saying they've wanted us gone for a long time. And they're frustrated at this point that they can't get rid of us. I'm here out of spite to get rid of those motherfuckers because they haven't got rid of us yet. That's some deep shit. And that I love this. No, absolutely. That that is some um, it's hard to put words to because, you know, it's hard for me to ascribe to that nature. But I understand the relevance of it right. to anyone that feels like they've been oppressed um as a minority in mm-hmm. whatever culture for whatever reason. I mean, specifically for the Jews themselves, they've been oppressed for centuries upon centuries to this point in time, still to this point in time, but to this point in time. And I made notion of this in an early podcast where, you know, as I grew up, I didn't see Jewish people as anything but white people. So I didn't yeah. understand there was cultural boundaries between us religiously. That's just based on how I was raised. I was not raised very religiously. Um, as you know, culturally, I would be probably Catholic as my mostly British and uh, Irish descendants would have been. But I understand where he's coming from with that, where it's like, I don't need to identify with a certain race of people that believe in this thing. I know I was raised in this race of thing. So just because my beliefs differ from what they 
place their beliefs in doesn't change the fact that I identify with the culture they came from. So the fact that they want to take us out speaks to me as a reason to rally against them. Right. And I think that's extremely poignant and tough to articulate. And it's kind of a great, I don't know exactly what to say, but um, position that the showrunners and the writers and everyone took to make that point there. Right. Um, I understand that, and I don't necessarily identify with it myself, but mm-hmm. in my struggle with you know existentialism and religion and all these things – I can still identify with like my family came from certain places. If anywhere, if anyone were to, you know, attack us specifically as a group, it would make total sense to me to rally against that and be strongly opposed to any sentiment to come against us. I mentioned my identity comes somewhat from Irish culture which is true in my ancestry, and that was a particular sect of people that was um, discriminated against in early America. Mm-hmm. So, from a brought into slavery, correct? I don't know about slavery, but definitely um, discriminated against in early America for whatever reason, especially you know post potato famine exile of Ireland coming across the sea they were viewed as their own type of person there's all kinds of stereotypes against Irish people especially you know being drunks that's a very popular stereotype against Irish people so I can see where they're coming from I don't personally culturally identify with it right it can be situation where I understand where Alvin is coming from there. And it's not something that is definitely um, popular in like television, TV culture to say those kinds of things about these situations. So it's very interesting that they chose that moment as he's expressing it to another foreigner how he feels about his culture, his life, not identifying with it religiously, but identifying with it culturally and more specifically from a heritage standpoint that he feels. And somewhere here, he has it said he wants to settle an old score out of spite. I get that. I don't want to be too long-winded with this. I really don't. I was just long-winded as fuck. So you're, like, you're good. You're good. I won't, I won't go catch <laughs> you, though. You had to get that off. Look, you had to get that yeah. off, bro. Trust. Obviously, it's not a religious thing, and it's not even a whole thing of, like, you know, whatever. Like, obviously, I can't even choose. Oh, well, you know, because the world's going to see me as a black man, you know? Sure. 
Wait, now, you, you, and that's something you can't escape. So that's even different than what is being said here. So like, it's more poignant in that sense. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah like ex- exactly. And I I look at it too, where I talk to people, and even like you know my generation or whatever now, where I would never choose. Well, never. Excuse me, I shouldn't even say that. I'm not going to choose to look at it at, as like, you know, an anger point of view or just anything. But, you know, like I get, like, you know, I get stares and looks or whatever in certain places or whatever. And it's just like, you know, people that know me like, yo, that's, you know, come on. Like, that's, like the two us do. Like, what are you doing? It's ridiculous. Yeah. But I can understand like a lot of this and everything. So I'm just, you know, like this really related to, you know, a certain point, you know, POV. Like I can't, I'm I'm losing his name or whatever. Like the actor that plays um Alvin killed this shit, incredible. I can catch you in a second, but go ahead. Uh, and Anthony Boyle, which I can Anthony, talk about him in a second too. But Anthony Boyle went went off, went off, bro. I, I, fuck it, I go ahead and say it now. Whatever he won an episode for me. He won an episode for me. It, like he he won it right here, and he came in later on or whatever. And just I mean just. Everything he did this episode, every one episode for me. But it's a this hard was win. dope. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I thought this was amazing. This was dope or whatever. I'm not even going to get into the whole aspect of, you know, like, you know, we, we've been talking about how, you know, people were raised and how people look at stuff. And, you know, I used to get told all the time or whatever, you know, like, hmm. I, I'm black and then, you know, I'm a man too. And then my mom said, "Then you wanted to go. You wanted to go around and mess. Around, you wanted to mess around. And have long hair too. It's a lot that you can't do. Whatever. And it's like you know, I get that. It's not necessarily fair, but you know, life isn't fair, man. I'm 28. Now, whatever. I've been gotten like you know, everything ain't just gonna go and be sugar and rainbows and shit. But I can't live my life in despair because of it. People will perceive you a certain way, no matter yeah. how you act. So the presence that you give off to the general populace is going to be what it is mm-hmm. and you can't control every individual that you interact with on that level but it's that kind of thing where if you actually get to know someone right. as i guess june does here you get to identify with what their struggle has been could have been could be going forwards you know she specifically says like well you don't seem like what they say and it's like yeah that's my whole thing but going forwards like that's what i'm fighting for like i i'm not gonna let them take away all of us because of what they perceive of us because that's very different than what comes from knowing any of us. Very well put, man. Yeah. Um, I was about to say, you got anything left? Because uh, I was like, <laughs> we, we went off. Right it's hard to have something left. That, that was a shit lot. Was, yeah, that, that was a lot of shit. It was a, it needed to be said. Fuck it. Yeah. Um, going into Herman, I'm assuming he's talking to his brother right here. Yeah, right there? Saul. Then I Saul. believe he mentions that it, that was his brother. So. Yeah, he's like, he's like, you know, we, my, uh, he called him something, something, whatever, their baby bro, whatever. Yeah. And they're talking about, like, you know, the police or the mayor, you know, about all this, like, Nazi shit that's going on. Yep. 
the the grave graffiti, the America Firsts. He specifically says they've always been here, but they've been allowed to crawl out of the cracks. And not necessarily, you know, they feel empowered to do what they're doing. Exactly. And that what Herman wants them to do is to use his Jewish Merchants Union to lean on the police to gather some influence because he's pissed off that this whole time they've been desecrating our graves, coming after us, however they've been coming after them, and the police have not been there to make the call at the time. The mayor's been late. Everyone's been late. So he's using his brother as an influence within society to lean on that, lean on the government, get them to recognize that this is a real thing that's going on with us and to respond accordingly. Right. We go from there into Evelyn's talking to Sandy about, you know, possibly spending the summer in the program. Going, like she has a nice family frame in Kentucky that she, you know, wants to send him directly for of, of a little boy that's his age. I wrote assistant, down oh, assistant director Evelyn. Ever, oh yeah, I was gonna say I wrote it down. I'm like, oh shit, she got an office. Oh, she got an office. <laughs> no, she's not just a secretary, which that's what we thought, right? Right. Secretaries don't get their own office. We go from there to Rabbi Bengelsdorf walking in, and Sandy says, oh, shit, you ride horses. I fucking told you he was going to recognize him from that. You did. You really did. Um, You remember what his horse, horse name is? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Sauce? Zeus. Zeus. Okay. So ancient Greek god, Zeus. Oh god dang! Why didn't I write it down like that? I wrote it, Ugh. bro. I'm telling you, turn the subtitles on. It helps. I okay. I'm gonna do it next episode. I'm gonna do it next episode. It, it'll it'll help catch these things. So um, he he, uh, Rabbi Bengelsdorf mentions he's a Southern Jew. He's from South Carolina. Um, you know, and he's encouraging Sandy to sign up for the Just Folks program. Um, I don't know. Did we go into the Southern Jew thing? In the last no, pod? I don't think so. So this definitely comes from the Pod Against America pod that they're doing with um, T- Peter Sagal and David Simon. But there was a contingent of Jewish folks from Germany in America before many of the exiles of Germany of Jewish descent came to America that they were richer better off felt um i don't want to say mortally superior to but probably intellectually superior to um that were here for a while and bengelsdorf is of that ilk so he definitely shows his um aptitude here in convincing sandy that you know i'm like you Sandy himself is probably third generation Jew at this point, but not quite the same as probably Bengelsdorf sees himself in terms of American culture and his status and all that, which goes back to what we were talking about where we don't really know how he sees himself in terms of how he's manipulating his power at this point politically. But it's convincing him that this is a good idea. It's a good idea for you to join and, your aunt Ev has really found a good place for you here. You know, you get to see the animals. There's tons of animals, and that's your whole thing. You love sketching animals. That's, I mean, 
I don't think Bengelsdorf saw him while he was writing Zeus, but that's what Sandy was doing while he was there was sketching Seabiscuit. So yeah, kind of all right. ties together. Yeah. We go from there into back at the theater. You know, Herman's fed up as always or whatever. I'm like, bro, just quit. I like this is what I went through. Whatever. When my mom was here and she was like, could you put some news on? And I was like, I don't watch the news or whatever. And I was like, you see, I'm not ill to start off the morning like you are. Man, I I don't watch the news, but I've definitely been on that CNN live stream coronavirus nonsense. I, I just want to know what the numbers are, what's going on. <laughs> um, I've been bad like that. But, hey, I've been at work every day. So. I'm trying to find out what's going on. <laughs> I mean, that's understandable or whatever, but like, I literally just don't want to wake up or whatever. And the first, I mean, which I still have my headphones whenever I go into work. So luckily most of the time I can just like, you know, I'm not hearing it. So yeah. I don't have to look up at it or whatever. Cause I don't want to start off my day. Oh, you know, such, such or whatever got shot and killed or whatever, or this car accident. Like, uh, no, I'm good. I just like, I ain't even had breakfast yet, man. Come on. Well, luckily for you, the news at this point is concentrating on nothing else but coronavirus numbers. So it's not going to be the worst news you ever heard unless you're pessimistic about how it's going to play out. But Yeah, you know, I've kind of just been, you know, I'll be in my own little bubble nine times out of ten. The first thing you hear on the news is not going to be a three-car crash for the next four weeks at least. And that's a blessing, legit. Um, we of. go in there. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> we, we go from there into uh, Alvin's training, and you know they're teaching him how to snap necks. Which you know Alvin is Alvin answers the question or whatever about like you know why are the three knots right here in the road, dude? Yeah. Dude, that's how he knows they's a fucking jersey. Yeah, fuck yeah. That's how I feel. No, you know how to snap next? No, fuck no. I, I I went to one Boy Scouts meeting, but I imagine. You know, probably back in the day, being a Boy Scout was more of a big thing. Survival. That, it's one of the things I actually regret in life. I, you know, um, playing lacrosse as long as I have and will continue to do, I do feel a little bit of regret not knowing more knots in terms of tying sticks up. It'd be very useful. But uh, yeah, I lasted one Boy Scout meeting. That was all. I, that's all I was there for. Yeah, you know, I just I, I wanted I wanted to be a part of that at one point, but it never really happened. To be fair, um, it's like very situational in life that you have to know how to tie knots. You're gonna fish. I can think of playing lacrosse. You're gonna be a serial killer. There's not a whole lot of lanes. Oh god. I look at ID <laughs> channel. Look, look, you trying to be on you trying to be on fishing channel or ID channel? Hey. Which one gets more views? Shit. Um, you heard of BTK? You haven't heard of the last Bassfish Killer? Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sandy asked or Sandy asked Herman about the program, and yeah, of course he's not having it. Like, what do you mean? They get into an argument. You know, there's an infamous joint, which you know, put I put it in as the intro. You're afraid of anything that you don't understand. <laughs> you know, you don't know about the word narrow-minded. I want to say was used, which we're gonna hear again. The one um, phrase I do want to point out, I believe it was Ev that brought it up, was the Office of American Absorption, which is what she's representing in terms of the department that's representing just folks. That's what Herman goes off about. The Office of American Absorption. Am I not American enough? 
yeah, or like, are we not American enough for you? Now, now this shit, I'm not going to take this back into like, oh my God, you know, like growing up black and being here or whatever, because it's like, oh, are we not this or are we not that? Like, you know, which I, you know, God knows. Sure. But of course, you know, they get into their whole argument. Bess, I feel bad for poor Bess or whatever, because she just tries to break up all the fights or whatever. It doesn't really happen. Sandy runs off, which uh, he, he tends to do that or whatever sometimes. And Philip just has a, a look of pure, like, fear. I will say about Sandy at this point, this is where he is entering his most angsty, and it's going to continue for the rest of the episode. Mm. Pretty much, because I was just like, oh, my God, like, I could never with my parents. Good look, even now. All right. One thing they bring up here, which I don't know how much you know about this. Um, the Hitler youth ideas turning kids against parents. Have you ever heard mm. of the Hitler youth? No, speak on that a little bit. So I'm not going to act like I'm well versed on it, but. Um, the Hitler Youth was a program within Nazi Germany to indoctrinate children ages, I believe this Wikipedia page, this is how much I've looked into it, has said it's like 14 to 18 year old male youths within Nazi Germany gets them into a program themselves where they will um, surveil their surroundings. So... The idea is that the youth of the fascist republic that they're running really don't know if fascist republic is the right term, but that's what I said. What is it? Will, yeah. Will report on any ongoings that are not of the political party's ideals and report them to higher ups within. The SS, the Nazi secret security police, the, um, the ongoings of German fascist government. So the idea is that you can use impressionable youths and indoctrinate them into your political ideals young in order to tell the people in power – what's going on, who's abiding by our principles, who's not abiding by our principles more specifically, and who is a threat to us. And right. that is the big factor that Herman is worried about when it comes to the Just Youths program. Getting them indoctrinated into rural American society where the people that might be more affiliated with the views of a president Lindbergh would be more accustomed not customs um, would have a higher influence into wanting to support their new family against their old family in terms of who is abiding by the principles the country is kind of entering into and reporting on that. That's what Herman's worried about when it comes to the Just Youth program. It sounds like the Hitler Youth. Right. So that's his concern with Sandy wanting to enter into this program 
are we going to turn him into an agent not only for the state but against us and our beliefs? <laughs> Whoa. Gesundheit. Yeah. That's German word. Right. <laughs> oh, no, completely understand it. Completely understand yeah. it. Because I got a little bit more whenever he talks about it later and everything. Um, you talk about it later, too. Oh, yeah, because I'm, I'm going to go off. Um, going into sexy time with uh, Rabbi Bengelsdorf and Evelyn. And he's like, I haven't done that one in a while. We, we flash over from there into wait 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 wait, oh, wait, 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 wait I'm not passing I'm not passing I'm not passing it I'm not passing it Herman Herman asks you know Herman asks you know is Evelyn just a mistress Go ahead Was the rabbi firing live loads I don't know Was he shooting blanks <laughs> So this was before what happens later in the episode where they you know are for real but. You think he was uh, using protection? I don't think so. Oh, no way. Yeah, no, no way. way. You're probably I mean, like, I ain't used one of these since the 30s. Well, they they do talk to some extent about the fact that he's widowed and whatnot. But I couldn't help but think, could there be a pregnancy at foot? At some point, that popped in my head too, but we shall see. We shall see, but I I did think that same thing. Yeah, sorry, um, not to derail you. No, you're, you're good. You're good. Um, next we have Alvin and another, I guess what agent, whatever whatever we're gonna call them. You know, um, soldier. I said I said commander. Okay, commander. Um, their Al, Alvin's knowledge of mechanics. Uh, makes him, you know, good use or whatever for this possible mission that they want to send him on. Well, let's say the most apt part of his mechanical education. That was hilarious, sort of, because other dudes like, you know, they asked him or whatever. So how do you know this? <laughs> the one dude was like, you know, I went to college or whatever, such and such or whatever. And Alvin said, yeah, I, <laughs> I knew this or whatever at such and such mechanic shop. Yeah, I did switch to his garage. I probably fucked up the last name, but. And th- it, threw, it threw the sir at the end, too. I'm like, yeah. Fuck yeah. I love that. Probably I, the funny, funniest part of the episode. I, I, I love this one. I like, that's why I said like, it was a hard win, or that, which, I mean, he he won this episode, though. Like, he was he was spitting bars the whole time. I mean, he's, he's, he's ready to, he knows how to, like, break necks now. Like, he's going in, man. So he's banging out it, a British it, chick. <laughs> they knew about radar, but what they're talking about is pulse navigation. And what the British guy is talking about, where pulse navigation can dictate where the ground units are. And what he says is based on where the ground units are, you can potentially know where the air units are. So that's what the idea of pulse navigation can give them as they are learning about it throughout this scene. And I think future scenes too, where they end up talking about part of your mission is going to be obtaining these mechanical objects that can produce pulse navigation and then applying that further to where future troop movements will be and where future aircraft attacks will be 
and that becomes part of Alvin's military um, objective. I, I do want to say here too. He also says like you know, like he kind of doesn't want to do it. Like the other dude knows more than him or whatever. Cause Alvin just wants to go in there, just kill like hand to hand. And the guy tells him, he's like, you know, you'll, you'll probably see some guys out there, whatever, you know, like just, and we have another person just in case you already get killed. So True. I wasn't thinking about that at the time, but that's going to come into play a little bit later on. For sure. We go on to best possibly looking into moving to Canada, you know, not really much there. Cause we're going to speak about that in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Monty, or as you call him, I cannot remember the name you call him. Uh, Shepsy. Shepsy. <laughs> he shows Herman a little sneak peek or whatever at the theater where Lindbergh and Hitler are shaking hands, and he's like, oh my god, this is ridiculous. And he even suggests right after this, this I would knew straight up, I'm like, okay, so yeah, they're thinking about moving to Canada before we even get it, you know, flat out later in the episode. He even suggests, you know, maybe we should move to Canada before it's too late. All right, so he suggested that way at the beginning of the episode. He suggested again here. Okay. But um, Bess actually meets with the Canadian consulate to determine if they're eligible for a move to Canada. And the only reason they are is because of Alvin's enlistment. So they are behind the curve in terms of being accepted into Canadian um, acceptance in terms of their immigration, but they are turned down at this point, Bess's, for moving to Canada, which is something that's actually kind of funny to think about in a current sense because – how many fucking people did you hear from there? Be like, yeah, if if this 2016 thing pops off, I'm going to move to Canada. Guess who right. did? Fucking nobody. Well, this is facts or whatever. And I made the joke, too, when everyone was saying that. I'm like, I mean, that shit didn't sound cool or whatever, but like, it's too cold in there for your boy. <laughs> the amount of people that are actually going to move there, yeah, it's not going to happen. Like, it's way too cold over there for your boy or whatever. All-Star Game was there a couple of years ago and shit. It's all like it was colder than it was at the Chicago All-Star Game this past year. And if that tells you anything, hell nah. The only one that was there for it was Drake. And he's already been there. And that's like, he, he grew up there. That's different. You know what I'm saying? Fair enough. Like, I mean, I, I can ask you this question or whatever. You grew up up north or whatever. How was your first summer down here? Way too hot. <laughs> like, you, you about lost your shit, right? Because I, like, I'll, I'll say it straight up. I probably couldn't deal with a damn New Jersey winter. Dude, I might lose the, my shit. Boy, I, already, of, I already don't like the cold weather, so fuck that. The he don't of, bother me. The amount of bugs I saw that were way too big for my oh comfort my. level. Yo, that is the funniest part. When y'all move down here, shout out my neighbor or whatever. She's from Cali. She's like, yo, what the fuck? The bugs bite you at nighttime? She's like, and I'm like, yeah. They're like, they're like no, bugs are gone by the time the um, sun goes down. They're like, oh, no. they. they when, it, look, when it gets hot enough, them bitches are like, yeah, they're here until it gets cold again. I mean, I used to get lit up by mosquito bites wherever I was. That was not the problem. They, they knew you were here either, so they wanted your blood more. It's the size. The, like any bug I saw while I was walking on the sidewalk that was landing in front of me, dragonfly, fucking anything was bigger than I'd ever seen in my entire life. 
I saw. All right, all right. This is a good story. Maybe, right. probably not. Here's a story. Uh, I was coming up out of the basement in my house in Chapel Hill um, late at night, going in the kitchen, turn the light on, saw a cockroach on the kitchen room counter. When I tell you, was it a cockroach or a water bug? Because we have big ass water bugs down here that people think are cockroaches. Look, I don't know. I still. It might have been a water bug because, like, if it was about the size of your thumb, that's probably a water bug. Like, they get big as shit though, and it's scary. Don't get, don't trust. I we grew up on them or whatever. You don't see them all the time, but like when it's first getting hot, oh yeah, them bitches pop up everywhere. Brother, when I say we need video and the motion I'm making with my hand, yeah, you you know what like a Milano cookie looks like. Yeah. Oh, it was, okay. It was that big, and its antennas were like waving between the counter and the yeah, that was a water bug in the fridge to where I didn't feel comfortable crossing that path. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I did? What's up? I turned off the light and I fucking left. I I couldn't kill that thing. It was so fucking big. It it was. It was the biggest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And I was like, I've been here for like six months. I can't handle this. Like, I hope it goes back yeah. in our walls. <laughs> Even before I started like doing what I do now for work or whatever, I was always kind of outdoorsy. So it's like I got to the point where I'm like, OK, I mean, I'm not going to say like I don't get afraid or whatever. Like, I don't like mice. Like, mice terrify me to this day. But bugs, I'm like, I can squish you. So fuck it. That's what I should have done. But if I killed that thing, it would have splattered on every wall. It was the biggest yeah. fucking bug I've ever seen in my life. I'm paranoid now where I'm like, if I don't kill you or whatever, I'm going to wake up and you're going to be on top of me. So I have to and kill you. And that's where I was like, I'm going to separate anything in my mind away from that. I saw this thing. I hope you leave and I hope you go away forever. Never saw it again. And I went upstairs. I went to bed. I was like, fuck this. I'm not going to the kitchen. So we have a long little part of whatever for notes I wrote down and we're about to go in or whatever. Let's pray it's not for too long. Phillips having a PS, uh, P, uh, PTSD moment after, you know, Beth sends him, like, to go down and get some shit or whatever. He's yep. hearing, like, noises and shit. I want to say it was the basement, correct? Yes. We go from there into Auntie Evelyn's over for dinner, you know. <sighs> We're going to get to Philip playing with Sheldon a little bit after he finishes dinner because, you know, he, he kind of was like, yeah, let me get out of here for the tension is a little bit too tense or whatever. It's like he could sense it, you know? I feel like Philip sent him out. But, well, maybe we're, in, maybe we're not talking about the same thing. Go on. Yeah. I wrote it down to whatever because like he's asking he's asking him about like you know his dad or whatever. He's like, you know, your dad isn't doing so well or whatever. Like, is he okay? Like, and Sheldon just doesn't answer. Yes. Now, I'm not gonna lie to you guys or whatever. Like I said at the beginning before we even started this, and also at the beginning, my dad just got discharged or whatever. This wasn't what I was trying to hear before we got my dad about that damn hospital. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, don't really need this right now, plot against America. Damn it. But you know, he is home safe and sound now god bless don't you bring this 1941 realism into my life right you know we get into evelyn and herman going at it where she calls him narrow-minded and he came with some bars he said i'll send sandy to kentucky as soon as a black family which he didn't say black or whatever he He did not say black i wrote both down yeah he dropped the negro right Yes, he did. Yeah, he dropped the Negro, which, I mean, it's, it's the 40s. I get it. You know, I talked about the color joint last episode or whatever that my homie's grandma hit. 
<laughs> but he, he, you know, he said, I'll, you know, I'll send Sandy Kentucky as soon as a black family sends their son to live with a white family. Now, this was bars because I have, I don't know if I've told you, but I'm pretty sure I've told the pod, like people, whatever, the fans. I don't even know about the people listening to us, you know, this is not Oxman later, excuse me, but just, you know, after credits, people. I didn't get it by the time we was out the hood and everything where like, my, you know, not necessarily my dad because he'd been around there for, you know, a lot longer than it was my dad's house. We moved in and shit. He got us out the projects. My mom was like, you know, you need to watch it or whatever. You know, it's not another black family around. And I'm like, well, what do you mean, mom? I'm like, you know, we're all cool. We're all friends. Whatever. We're kids. We're not thinking about shit like that. You know what I'm saying? But they're thinking about stuff like this. So I can get where I mean, of course, I get it now where my mom was like, you know, well, you know, everyone isn't necessarily this way. Like, I get it. You know, I understand that. But that it's was, 1941. I totally get where Herman's speaking about with this shit. Look, I'm not going to judge him about the language he used. That line. Yeah, it's used, the 40s. This is the 40s. I'm not bad. I mean, he didn't, you know what I'm saying? He, he, didn't, hit the, he didn't hit the hard ER, so I don't think they're going to get that wild. That line hit me particularly hard because I think you finally understand where Herman's at, where he's like, look who they're targeting. Facts. I really this shit straight up. I was like, oh hell. I was like, my mom would say the same shit. Look who they're talking about. Look who they're getting this program around. It's not everybody. And that hit particularly to me, where it was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me because they're not talking about getting the minorities of America involved in getting them they want some... they want Jew they want Jewish boys boys yeah. like like you like you don't even know like what's going on necessarily yet with the world or whatever you could be easily influenced or whatever I when it comes when it comes to just folks yeah they're not talking about everyone they're talking about us and that's right. where Herman's um like him being scared about where this is going it's it makes sense. And he is right. on top of it there. He's very right with it. And not only is he right with it, Sandy knows he's right with it because he fucking leaves because he knows yeah. too. Yeah, he, he ran away again. I'm going to just say, like, so whatever we get on to the next topic, man. Like, my mom just started getting it a couple of years ago because, like I said, and I, you know, I'll talk to people or whatever, like, my mom always brings up, she remembers when schools integrated. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what it was Wait, like. Hold on. What's up? When, when was your mom in school? Um, the seventies. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So you know, I can get where she was coming from, whatever, because I wasn't around the borough in the seventies. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't could, necessarily know I what she was like. I could not imagine. Yeah, it, it, right in the south or whatever. You know what I'm saying? That's why For I said sure. I, I'm ready to meet your parents. Or I know it's gonna be a whole different perspective or whatever. Because I know people and I know people and I get northern people or whatever. I'm just yeah. say like that. But like it took till a couple of years ago, whatever. Which my mom knew, you know, just pretty much like school shit and the way I was and. She's like, now, you know, I'm like the ultimate chameleon or whatever. My mom's seen me in wedding pictures or whatever, being the only like black dude in like all white weddings and shit. And it's just like, you know what? That's my Mookie. You know what I'm saying? Like, he can do that or whatever. A lot of people can't do that. Yeah. It's just like, you know, like she's met people who like she don't even know. And they find out, oh, that's my mom or whatever. And they just tell her the best things about me or whatever. And it's like she's like, you know, she has to remind me sometimes. She's like, yo, I can't even tell you like. 
at one point in time, that was unthinkable. And that's insane to me, <laughs> like trying to grasp that thought. But I guess I get it a lot now. I'm a lot older and mature, you know? To be fair, and it speaks to you as well. Yeah. It's you, bro. Like, it's well, that, you. That too. I mean, I say, because I mean, they they raised me, whatever, you know, shout out mom and pops or whatever. But like, I just grew up in that or whatever. I was never going to let hatred take over my heart. I would never let hatred take over my heart. And I've just been who I am. But yeah, you, you're right, bro. You're right. It's one of the things I wanted to get to towards the core of this episode, also, which you know we would inevitably be inevitably get to at some point. But it's worth speaking about, right? As the generations go on, there's always this sentiment of people having these opinions about things, right? Like the next thing that happens politically within our nation coming this year, it's going to happen one way or another. It's going to happen this election year without a doubt. The people that gain one sense of knowledge versus another are going to be influenced by their parents. That's how history goes. That's how history progresses. That's how current events happen. And that's how these current events Things like four years ago, Charlottesville with people with tiki torches and all this nonsense, Jesus all that shit Christ. happens. Right. Young people have a certain t- influence on how they perceive current events. Yeah. Some people take their parents' perspective and they apply it to their own life and they use that as their guidance through their everyday life in their culture and how they perceive things. Some people take their parents' influence from them and they apply it to the people that they actually have known, met, and deal with. Yeah. Those people take a different approach to those things and they decide how they are going to let those things influence them, let them dictate their actions, and let them dictate who they are going to be represented by by themselves by everything so i'll say that aka to be like you know what people can be raised a certain way or whatever and then like they meet me and they're like oh my god like we never knew but it's like not to say you never took the time to like knew but that wasn't a thing back in the day and it's like when you're around my family and shit and they're just like yo you know like it's not like these stereotypes we've known about or you know they're just cool or you know like they just do this it's just normal people it's like yeah you just gotta kind of take the time and learn which i I feel like now we should if you're not already doing or whatever take the time and learn or whatever like you ain't i'm not telling you got to just know everything or whatever of course i'm still young and stupid i don't know everything but i've never never just been like you know what i don't want to learn anymore well yeah and bro i feel the same way about our relationship yeah i don't know i don't know everything about you i've only met you in this certain context where we met as friends in a certain context where we were basically just drinking and hanging out I've met you in the certain text where we talk about these things now on the podcast. I've learned new things about you, but like you're introduced to these ways of thinking yeah. by your parents or by your situation or by you separate yourself from your family and learning yourself new things or you identify your family and you only hold to those ideals. It's a certain type of 
perspective that you choose yourself to interact with the rest of the world. So, you know, when we met, we hung out, we chose to talk to each other and encourage each other to influence each other in terms of what our perspectives were on things. Right. That's why. Matter of fact, I will never forget, bro. Yeah. At one point, <laughs> I'll just say like this or whatever. I remember at one point when uh, I think you would ask me, you were like, yo, you know, like you got to like, how can you just get paid or whatever or something and be broke or whatever? I'm like, oh, because, you know, I, I'm building all this money or whatever and I have a car payment issue. You're just like, oh, I got my first car. And I'm like, damn. You yeah. like, yeah, you know, my parents, they did this and they did that and everything. I'm like, yo, mine, mine didn't even know about no shit like that. It wasn't even an option <laughs> to me. Like, I yeah, you were looking at me like, yo, that is insane. Like, which I mean, I know you, you know, I was like, you were saying like in a bad way. You were just like, you, you didn't know about it. And I was just like, yeah, bro. That's, I, and then talking to my like other homies or whatever I grew up with, it's like, yeah, we're all the same way. Like, they thought my family was well off or whatever. And it's like, even the worst situation I'm with or whatever, as far as a job is like trying to go at it and then, you know, retire there. Like, that was unfathomable to some of my like friends, families, because they had no clue about that. Like, that's insane for me to think about. I was like, what the hell? That same perspective still lives within me. I've thought yeah. about buying a car for the past like year and a half, a new car. And I'm still thinking to myself like, well, if I buy a new car, I'll trade in this one and I'll have car payments. I've yeah. never had car payments. Shit sucked. That's the shit that I live in. There's like. Sorry, not the shit that I live in, but also you ain't got, you ain't got no little Jacks or Stephens running around yet, so you doing good for sure, exactly. But that's the lifestyle I chose because I've been in my lifestyle this whole time. I yeah. don't do things that will incur more penalty and payment for the things that I choose to create my lifestyle. So I still have not bought a new car even though i really want to and the only thing holding me back is that i know i'm gonna have car payments i've never had car payments hey, it's coming up it's coming up sometime in this month or whatever it's coming up sometime in this month or whatever i have one more fucking year next april i will be done with paying off sapphire i won't be boy you want to talk about one happy motherfucker dude you you, you don't even know because and think that, about and look, think about you you saw you remember when I used to pull up in my fucking black truck or whatever you remember yeah. when I first got Sapphire yeah I am almost there dude you can't tell me shit right now I have a year left from this month you have never rolled into <laughs> my house in anything else but that awesome car that you have to do laundry at my house. And I accepted that, and I was like, dude, his car is better than mine. It's newer. It's great. It's fucking awesome. But, God, it made me broke, though, at times. <laughs> I'm sure it did. It made me broke and at times. I reflect, that, I reflect that upon myself where I'm like, I was lucky enough to pay enough of my money to pay for a car that was also paid for with money from my family, and I never had a car payment. And it's amazing on my life. And I now that I want a better car, I've been putting it off for literally a year and a half because I don't want to incur, incur that cost on myself because I know what it's been like not to have that. 
it, it's crazy. Like when we talk about our perspectives on life and the things that we've had to deal with and what we have going on. Oh, if you guys only knew or whatever, like the, the, the pre-recordings, like, you know, the pre-talks on podcasts before I press record or like, I mean, Oh my God, it was a couple of months back or whatever. We had a random Friday phone call before I went out and shit, and I was, like, wasted out of my mind and shit. And I think you were sipping a little bit, and we were just on the phone for, like, two-something-plus hours. For sure, <laughs> yeah. This shit. And I was like, all right, bro, I'm going to holler at somebody to go to the club and shit. And you're just like, all right, man, you know, to talk about this. <laughs> like, they only knew, man. Well, yeah, we don't have to go so deep. In yeah, everything, yeah, yeah. We're we, we going to do this or whatever, because we're, we're going to apologize for this long-windedness or whatever. But we need to get all this out or whatever. Hope you guys appreciate this, man. Different perspectives in life that have to deal with different problems. Yeah. That goes to the core of this show, and that's why we wanted to do something about this because we could tell through the previews that it was going to be things that reconcile with some people, things that reconcile with other people, things that we had to talk about in general – we agree on a lot of political stuff, and that's not going to change. But yeah. talking about this series is going to bring up a lot of these differences in people's culture, white, black, Jewish, whatever the fuck it is, Irish, British, immigrants, whatever. I, I tell Jack all the time, ladies and gentlemen, I mean – I'm not even going to, I'm just not disrespect or whatever. I wouldn't say street smart or whatever because I know who that person is. But as far as like just book smart and knowledgeable about things with life or whatever, he's the smartest person I know. I tell him this all the time, or whatever. And like, I feel like you kind of say something, like, yo, you know, chill or whatever. But like, I, I mention to it to him all the time when we talk. And I disregard it every time. <laughs> he, does. He, he hates it. But I tell, I, I tell him, I, he knows to this day or whatever. I have not told, I've never told a lot of you. And it's not going to start now. No. It's not gonna start now, man. Um, we got get into this next shit. Uh, Best talks to Herman about you know some Jewish families moving over to Canada, and she kind of looked into it, and you know maybe they should do it or whatever. You know, have a backup plan. Well, and that's after she's gone to visit the Canadian. Yeah, consulate. she said she went to New York, and but she that. she wants to go to Canada instead for their family vacation, which. He's not he still wants to do D.C. He's like, yo, we've already <laughs> talked to, you know, we've already showed the kids. We have the hotel room booked, which who not, not only is it like not stated explicitly, we're in D.C. Like it just fucking cuts. Yeah, we, we're, we're just in D.C. Like, I, that's literally my next note. I'm like, oh, so we're in D.C. We're in D.C. now. The family Loki gets a police escort after almost crashing. Bess is. Like paranoia starts to show, which I wrote that down twice or whatever. I think the first time I wrote, she looked, started to freak out. Wait, hold you on. Know. Can I say something real quick? Go ahead. They, they're looking for the Douglas Hotel, which is where they're yes. staying in D.C. The police cop that pulls them over says, follow me, Jersey. So he knows they're Jews from Jersey. So he's like, yeah, you're going to Douglas. Like, come with me. That's why she gets so paranoid. She's like, she's she like, yo where, yo, where is he? Like, where is he taking us? Uh, yeah, where is he taking us? He knows who we are. He knows we're Jews. Where is he taking us? She's fucking uncomfortable. I mean, he says it later on or whatever, like, you know, whenever they meet someone we're going to talk about, how does he know we're not from here or whatever? He's like, yeah, we have Jersey tags or whatever. Like, you know what I'm saying? For sure. But yeah. I, I, I get the paranoia. I ain't going to lie. I started to freak out at this point. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, oh, is yeah. this right? Dude, like, things are getting serious. Wait, 
by the way, finally, like What's like we like we predicted, things are getting tense. In this episode, now we're here. We're getting into it. Do you notice that the guy that um, <clears throat> excuse me, the guy that took the luggage up was a black dude? No. Yeah, I wrote that down. Um, I like that. I like that Philip was um, excited that they had four bars of soap each. Dope. Like I don't even know if that was like a, yeah I don't know if that was a class thing or like legit kind of just like you know when you're a little kid and shit you go somewhere like holy shit like wait we can use all these towels what <laughs> at least that was I remember how, that's how it was for me or whatever um I'm asking you a question which I, oh my god we are getting so off or whatever but fuck out this hey, like we said if you want to listen to like how the podcast is or the podcast you want to listen to how this this show is or whatever. The, the like the plot against America, they have their own podcast. You come to Don't Bite Your Tongue for the real life perspectives. Yo, did you ever have to go through experiences of okay, there's not a community pool that we can go to anymore because they shut that shit down in the borough years ago? And a lot of my family, which I mean, shit, I can probably count us on one hand or whatever, at least I know that can just swim. But shout out my cousin or whatever, it'd be me, his little brother, and then his daughter, you know, my little cousin. And he'd legit take us to, like, a hotel, get a room for, like, a couple hours just so we can go, like, to the pool over in the summertime. <laughs> that was a thing. No. No. What, what you got? That was a thing or whatever. I could, like, I'm telling you, like, I just thought that was some, like, I didn't realize that was just some black people shit until I got older. My good word. So, wait, hold on. How many of you could swim? This is um, how many of us can? Well, shit. And, and everyone that I just spoke about, we couldn't swim. The only ones that can is my older, my oldest brother G, my aunt Boo, and yeah, those, those are the only two that pop off the top of my head. I hate to be racist about stuff like this. This is the like I still can't this swim. one thing has been the one thing that has rung true throughout everyone i've known for a long time the fact that y'all can't sl- swim what is that about I, I like my girls picked on me about it or whatever but then she feels bad whenever i told her i was like a lot of black people can't swim and then white people use that advantage to like drown us or whatever so we were like afraid and she's like she was like oh no make me feel bad about that and i'm like i mean i'm just telling you that was the thing like when i found that out that shit freaked me out too but at the same time i was like Yo, like a lot of us couldn't swim. Like my brother learned how to swim because of I think the you know the YMCA lessons and like he was he wasn't at boys club well boys club he was in 4-H or whatever if, if you know listeners and you know what that is yeah like yeah, yeah. I, I they tried to teach us or whatever um at the elementary school I went to or whatever but I was freaked out and I'm I'm not gonna say I get freed out to this day, but I only go to a certain part in the beach. Like my homies can tell you, when we go to the beach and shit. They're like, "Yo, D ain't gonna go past by his chest." That's about it. And they would fuck with me. They'd go like even further, like, "Yo, come out here, bro." And I'm like, "Sure, y'all niggas know I ain't going out there." That'd be it's the still, exact terminology. Is that still thing for you? Hell yeah. Really? I went to a water park and almost drowned. This Dude. was like. This 2005, is, I want to say. I went, went to Wind Wild Water Park or whatever in Greensboro, North Carolina. You guys know about it. I've been And there. that's when I refused because I figured out, oh, shit, you know, I'll go down a water slide, but it has to be into, like, water where, like, the Kevin Hart joke, you can stand up at the end because if 
but I didn't know about this slide in particular. It was a big ass slide and you went into eight feet of water. I'm clearly not eight foot, so I couldn't stand up and I started to freak the fuck out and shout out this dude that got me. Goddamn, Darius. Yeah. About died. We wouldn't have had any of this. To this day, still can't swim, man. Freaked out about learning to. I've had many people, whatever, even lifeguard homies, like, yo, I'm going to teach you how to swim, I'm going to teach you how to swim, or whatever. And, like, I'm paranoid. Like, I, I, I get freaked out, like, legit. Like, I like I literally named two family members, like, in a part of the immediate family, at least, that I know that can swim. Immediate. Now, there's a lot of people, too, as far as my immediate family. Only two of us I know flat out that can swim. There's a lot of reasons. Yeah. There's a there's a lot of reasons I want you to come visit me where I'm at. But this has become one. <laughs> we can, I'm we can do you, it. I'm gonna talk to you about I'm gonna talk to you about that in a little bit too, at least for off sure. pod or whatever, because I, I gotta see you something about that or whatever, because I feel like I've told you before, but I'm gonna speak about that on pod. I don't wanna necessarily say that on pod because it's kind of embarrassing. But um I don't blame you. The, uh, man, I okay. Go yeah. ahead. Sorry. Um, we get to Evelyn and Rabbi um, Bengalsdorf all dolled up and shit. Right, she was all dolled up, and you know they're talking about Henry Ford, which I know you want to get into, and how he hates Jewish people. But she says, or you know, <laughs> she, she mentions that, and he's like, "Well, you know, he might, but at the same time, whatever, I'm in with the president. So what's he gonna do?" We go from there to him ending up proposing. Now, I want you to go in real quick, whatever. Or not real quick, but just just go in about that shit. It's not something I want to get into. He just mentioned Henry Ford is the primary manufacturer of automobiles in the United States of America. So, like, the Model T, Ford manufactured multiple vehicles, getting vehicles out on the streets and everything. Um, He was the person that was who came up with the design of replaceable parts. That's not the term for it, but um, the assembly line. So having replaceable parts on the assembly line, instead of having distinct parts for automobiles that were different from one another, he was the one that came up with the assembly line to have replaceable parts that where you could replace parts from any automobile and have all automobiles be able to function as themselves. He did apparently have some anti-Semitic views. I looked at them on Wikipedia just to make sure. And yes, it's true. But what Bengelsdorf says while he's in the car with Evelyn, she brings up the fact that he hates Jews he says, you're right, but guess why he's not going to bring that up? And I think this is starting to point to the core of Bengelsdorf's whole ideal. He does hate Jews, and he will hate Jews for the rest of his life, probably whatever. He was old at this point when it came to where we are in current history. But why he won't bring it up, it's not because of Lindbergh. It's not because of his anti-Semitism. It's because Lindbergh sympathizes with Bengelsdorf. And I think that's the biggest thing that comes to be of mind at this point in this episode, in this series, in this point right now. 
I was questioning why Rabbi Bengelsdorf was doing all this at this point. And I think it's because he's protecting himself through power. I think that's his motivation. I think that's why he does what he does going forwards, probably through the rest of the series, but in general. Which she she asks him if it's because he has the president's ear and he says it's just because Lindbergh is not an anti-Semite. And that's him providing himself a sector of truth to himself where he can say, I talk to the president. I have the other president. He's not the man that you think he is. He's not the man that your relatives think he is. And he's just reserving this sector to himself where he can tell himself I'm important to this man for his own means. Do you believe that? This is what I think now. So he probably is an anti-Semite Lindbergh. He probably has been rallying the American first troop to this point. It'll be interesting to see how this series continues on after this point when it comes to if they cover Pearl Harbor the way it actually happened. Right. Because that was the major point that drove us to war to begin with. And they've been skipping months at a time, so it'd be curious to see how that all plays out on its own right. I have a feeling that will be going differently. I'm not really sure if I should feel that way or if Lindbergh... I mean, part of the points that you made earlier was like Shepsi showing Herman the footage of Lindbergh shaking Hitler's hand. They also signed a a declaration pact not to attack each other. That was part of the uh, film footage there. Okay. But I'm curious to see how they handle Pearl Harbor because based on how many months they've been hopping at this point, that seems to be like the next point they're going to hop to. It'll be interesting to see <laughs> if Lindbergh does not want to engage at that point because that seems outrageous. That was the actual point that we entered into World War II. But at this point, when it comes to Henry Ford, he won't speak badly about us because the present is not an anti Semite. And he's so much not an anti Semite that I'm asking you to marry me. So, yeah, about the proposal, what do you think about him giving her the um, widow's ring? Yo, her, yo, Winona Ryder, man, we talked about her acting, whatever. Her face right here. Gee, oh. She's amazing across the board. She, she's incredible. <laughs> she, 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 she her bag on this shit. <laughs> I don't blame her, and I think it makes sense for her to accept it. I think it's I mean, she, 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 she's, she's completely enthralled with this man. For sure. So, I mean, I wasn't shocked that she wasn't going to say no. I knew that. Yeah. But. It makes sense that she accepts it. It makes sense that she feels comfortable going to the party. 
with Henry Ford there because Bengelsdorf is there. He's a major influencer with Lindbergh's presidency, and he's the director of this program with the New Jersey, which, of all things considered, is probably one of the bigger Jewish denomination cores where they're trying to run the Just Folks program. So it all makes sense. It all makes sense. Right. Next thing I got here, a little long statement, but we'll talk about all of it. Well, next couple of things are kind of all along, whatever, but, you know, we'll talk about it as as they are, you know. Um, after a radio broadcast, when they're in the hotel, Herman's like, you know, Lindenberger just wants to be a mini Hitler because I think they was talk about concentration camps. Um, the family, as they're about to go off or whatever that day, gets offered by a professional guide who we're going to talk about a little bit later on. Uh, best is starting to show her paranoia because she's like, Yo, what the fuck? How does he know we're not from here? You know, all this and everything. Like, freaking out like we was talking about earlier. And then when they're at the, you know, monuments and stuff that like down in DC, which, you know, they talked about um, the like plot against America, like pod and everything. It's black families walking around, didn't catch that. But, um, She's kind of best is trying to, you know, she's kind of talking to Herman about like, yo, quiet down or whatever, talking about his political views, which I mean, I get it or whatever. And somebody said it best. I think it was maybe Charlemagne or something I listened to where they were like, yo, I feel like people never really talked about their politics or whatever this much until the last couple of years or whatever, at least out loud. Cause that's, they always say that's one thing you don't talk about like out loud because it pisses other people off or whatever when you don't agree with them. So let's tackle this. The federal parks thing that was brought up on the pod with uh, Sego and Simon. Apparently, all federal parks were desegregated at the time. So they made a point of putting black, black families out there with the whites in terms of being desegregated within the national parks. That was an, an interesting thing to put out there for them. Um but yeah, Herman is out there talking about how Lincoln has been to compare Lincoln and and, and uh, Lindbergh and Lindbergh yeah. is absolutely ridiculous, which makes sense to me. And uh, agree, like, that guy just calls him out and be like, "You fucking mouth Jew." Which, yeah, I told you I'm not going to say that word or whatever, but like I'm glad because yeah. it's, it's going to be said a couple of times here. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, we're going to go to Jack about that because I told you I don't want them saying the N word with the hard, the hard ER or whatever. So I'm not going to call them, you know, Jewish cut off. So, yeah, always been that way. Ladmouth Jew plays into a couple of scenarios here. One at the Lincoln Memorial, one at the diner later. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, further enrages Herman to the point where he gets more and more upset. And then it just plays into – go ahead. I, I, I will say – I say last thing before we get into the next day. I will say I kind of saw that the guy was like – I mean previously, which we, you know, we're going to find out a little bit. He's on their side or whatever. But like previously, like it was at this point where I'm like, okay, I feel like he's kind of rocking with him because regardless – when the shit's starting to pop off or whatever is, you know, they're calling him like, you know, loud mouth Jewish people or whatever. Like, yeah, he kind of gets the boys away from him. You know, he's kind of like, yo, you know, boys, let's go over here or whatever. So I was like, that's that's an ally at the end of the day. At least I've noticed that, you know, 
And that plays out through the rest of the episode. Mr. Right, Taylor like trying to get the big... kids away, man. Like I always say, I'm like, regardless of people gonna feel whatever they do, whatever. I don't feel like you know, which call I don't. I wouldn't say call me sexist or whatever. I don't think women or children shouldn't be involved in type, that type of shit. If you want to fight, we could do that. But I, I thought it was respectful. He got the kids away from there, the whole situation, or was attempting to. And fair enough. It. Mr. Taylor, who did seem like a suspect element coming into them Originally, leaving the hotel. We find out he's literally just doing his job. <laughs> for sure. And not only is he doing his job, he eventually ends up standing up for them. So good good for him. And Love that, man. It comes into play later <laughs> in, in the episode, too, which we could probably just get to at this point. I mean, they're going through the monuments. Well, like, we got one, we got one little thing before that. Right, one little thing before that, whatever, because I, I didn't write the Alvin stuff in between here, or whatever, as far as him, like, you know, about to go into war and stuff. Or, but, but, of course, we're going to get back to him a little bit later. Um, yeah. They get back to the hotel, and their luggage is downstairs, and is, you know, and they've been removed. Now, the guy's trying to help out, but Herman isn't having, he's fed up. The clerk's like, yo, we can call the cops, like, you know, if you're going to cause a scene. And he's like, well, shit, call the cops or whatever, because we're not going to deal with this. Cops get there. And he's like, you know, this shit's only happening or whatever because we're Jewish. Now, I don't know what you're going to say about this, Jack, but I just want to say now I'm not the one. And I look at stuff a lot of times or whatever where, you know, I've made jokes or whatever, but I'm being serious where, like, I've told people, yo, when we're out and we're doing stuff or whatever or just out in general, don't do no dumb shit or whatever because, God forbid, police come around or whatever. They come to my black ass first. And it's kind of bad I have to think like that or whatever, but like we talked about earlier in this whole episode, that's kind of the life I've dealt with. Now, the fact that Herman didn't, I ain't gonna say that he didn't get that the police were just gonna be like, yeah, so maybe you should kind of go about your way before you like, get us pissed off. Like, and to see, see kind of playing out whatever for this episode was just like, yeah, I, I hope people are watching this and being like, damn, you know? It seems like that whole narrative was actually something that was a part of the time, which, you know, hard to catch within the narrative, the whole thing. But it seems like it was part of the time where there was a Jewish population that was welcomed in certain places in certain cities and not welcomed in places in other cities. Similar. Yeah, like best says that at one point, she was like, yo, we're not in our neighborhood anymore. Like, you know, people ain't all on our side here. And I think she says that when they first enter the city, too, where, like, right. um, they're getting pulled over by the police cop or police bike, whatever. Kind of speaks to how she was worried about where they were going to begin with in terms of going through D.C. versus where she wanted to go, which was going to Canada and where they could find right. out some more stuff about having an exit plan, dealing with some of that. Herman being the hard-headed American that, you know, he's rightfully supposed to be. He, he is, I guess what you can consider a second-generational Jew. He's been within the Jewish community this whole time, but he's been an American his entire life. He's worked hard. He's worked for like his, rest of y'all. Yeah, he's worked for his station in life. He was moving up in the world. He declined that position upgrade himself to extend out his own, you know, what was good for his family versus, you know, moving to Union. 
he feels like he is a true blood American. And there are people that he's encountering now that he didn't realize within DC that don't see him that way. He's not prepared for that. And he's continuing to act out against the people that feel that way, because why wouldn't you, if you feel like you have earned your spot in America, you have worked your life to do your own job, make your own place in the world, earn enough money to make your way as you could in the world, go to a separate place within the country, all of a sudden you're being oppressed. Yeah. You don't you don't realize that's the situation you're entering into. Why would you act differently? That's how he feels. He's like, I've earned right. my I get it here. from his perspective. Yeah. The entire time I was literally on my couch, like kind of cringing, where like, you know, I've always been told, like, yo, like you can't do things other people can do. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I was like, when I text you and I was like, yo, I'm ready for tonight's episode because, you know, I was going to be like, yo, I've, I've dealt with this where it's like, I mean, not necessarily like, yo, well, I've been put out, but it's sure. like, I know I can't just act a certain way. Me and my homies can't just act a certain way. Now, when I'm with different people or whatever, not say, oh my God, I'm just going to even act a different way. But at the same time too, I'm just on a, like, I mean, and I have homies that are different too. They're just like, yo, I'm going to be this way regardless. I'm like, yo, that's cool. I'm not trying to go through no bullshit, man. Like, I just, I, I want to yeah. have a good time and enjoy myself. And I don't want no dumb shit to happen just because we look a certain way. People are going to perceive us to be like, literally, we made a joke earlier when you were talking about that other podcast you listened to. And I'm like, yo, you get it. We're like, if I did that shit, God, I, I terrify people. <laughs> yeah. That's your experience. Yeah. Her- Herman is of his own experience. He's been living in North Jersey this whole time. You know, he's been a, he's been in a bubble, I'll say, a Jewish bubble for sure, and that's what Beth tried to communicate to him in episode one when they were talking about moving, and there's been a lot of implication within this episode where he's still thinking about moving and Beth is shutting it down constantly the whole time. Right. He thinks that they can go somewhere else and be the exact lives they've been their whole lives. And now they're visiting a different place, somewhere they're not thinking about moving, but somewhere else where there are different attitudes that he does not appreciate exist within this country. But what he has not experienced to this point is those points of view. He's not aware of it. He's not ready for it. And when they come, and they come in multiple waves to this point, in this point in the episode, he thinks... That everyone thinks that there should be a more progressive um, ascension for all these people in these minority communities. What he's not yeah. ready for is the fact that a bunch of people think, fuck you, for whatever reason. And whatever reason yeah. is, you're not involved in our community. You don't know what the hell we're going through. And a lot of those people think that the fact that you are who you are is holding us back from ascending in our community. He's not ready for that. And he acts out more and more as the episode goes on, as these people continue to ascend upon him. The whole fact of the matter is he should not have gone to DC because he wasn't ready for 
the reality to be set upon him. The final reality happens when he's in that diner scene. I was about to say, let's go ahead and get into that shit. I wrote, the next day at a diner, <sighs> Herman's political talks start to cause problem. There's this big dude or whatever who's just like, you know what I'm saying? He's not having it. They about to get, they almost get into an altercation. We then learned that Mr. Taylor, also along with the people who own the diner, they're more leaning forward or whatever to the same perspective as Herman which sure. I mean, that was great to see because I'm like, Jesus Christ! At this point, I thought that whole diner was going to turn against him, and I'm, I was starting to get afraid. Like, <laughs> just in general, we go from there into you know, like the diner people tell you know as much coffee and stuff as you want. The kids can get more ice cream and everything. We're so sorry for this. We're not having this bullshit. Dope shit. Um, Herman starts to sing a little number, which I mean is based towards Bess. And literally just turns into like a you know a, a performance for the entire diner, where I wouldn't say he's giving a standing ovation, but he's like he's giving an ovation, and just you see people are actually on his side with stuff. On to the final part where he looks at Sandy and he tells them, which who hasn't been talking to him the entire trip, he's just been over this shit. Oh, he's been abroad. Yeah, he, he's he's been he's like fuck it, you know, what I'm saying dad's tripping. He tells him, you know, he's considering letting him go to Kentucky, which, I mean, of course, we know we know happens because he's like, you know, there's going to be terrible people on this earth. But if there's good ones like Mr. Taylor, he'll have to, you know, realize that and see, you know, where life takes him, which I enjoyed. I was so glad Mr. Taylor turned out to be an ally. We Like I said, I, I kind of already saw it or whatever from the entire, like, part earlier or whatever we tried to get the boys away but this was this was a little sign of hope for whatever for like a kind of dim series dim as far as like just you know positivity (laughs) you know i was definitely questionable about mr taylor from the get-go same i was too but he showed his colors true when it came to that diner scene yeah there are definitely people out there that feel like the American dream is what Herman thinks it should be. But there are definitely people within the world that have their own opinions upon what the American dream should be, especially from an American first perspective. So those people are the same people that are saying Jews are one of the fronts echoed by what Lindbergh said are getting us into another world war. It's kind of hard to argue with them from that perspective. If that's what they think, because those are the same people that don't want to get into another international conflict from a future perspective. It's also kind of hard to argue with them from where we are now where it's like you know we're in a lot of international conflicts we don't want to be in or you know people right. of whatever proclamation don't want to be in i don't want to associate myself with the gentiles of the 1941s but yeah <laughs> it's an interesting conflict there and it's hard to you know, give yourself from one argumentative standpoint to another. 
I said, we got the last scene or whatever, at least with this episode, part three, where sure. they're sending Sandy off to Kentucky, you know, all saying this goodbye. Bess is almost in tears, which, of course, whatever my mom cried whenever I moved here. <laughs> God forbid. For sure. And the last thing we see, you know, after this just positivity or whatever, you know, in the scene prior is um, Alvin in a military hospital with half of his right leg gone. And the blonde woman, what was her name again? June. June. We is, think. But what we, we think. We're not for certain. We're not for sure. <laughs> so, you know, we apologize if we're wrong about this. But she's there and, you know, there to visit him as he's passed out. And she eventually just kind of walks off as the episode fades off. Now, this, I was like, damn. For sure. Yeah. I was like, fuck. Like, I think this, like, you know, I've been telling you whatever. The first episode was kind of like you had already told me it's setting up a lot of shit. OK, last episode, I wasn't bored, but I was just kind of like, OK, you know, where are we going? You know, what's going on? So here I was on the edge of my seat all episode. I, I like I, I was pausing a lot. I was rewinding a lot, like here and there. This episode, even better. Love this. <laughs> Cannot wait for these next three or whatever before we get into, you know, the next, you know, the preview for the next episode but go ahead the conclusion of this one is the roughest for sure i mean they talked about it a little bit on the hbo pod about it where david Stein was saying you know if we had more money to put into it we could have shown the actual conflict and then going into it but he said himself it's probably almost better that it came to this where we just showed the aftermath Right, I wasn't mad at it. No, I wasn't either. When you know what he's going in there to do. He's going in there to look for security-related potential. Come to terms with how the radar is progressing in terms of pulse navigation and all that you assume and it's nice at that point where it's like you can assume the action he took and that the risk he took to enter into that type of warfare and then you see him there on the gurney I think it's more impactful to the his lady, the woman he had a relationship with. She was there for a minute. She saw him off. She didn't say anything to him, and then she left. You think, you think we see her again? I don't think so. I hope, but I doubt it too, yeah. And it burns. It's yeah. tough. I like that's the kind of series I think it is. He, Alvin himself, was the strongest when it came to his ideals, his morality. Right. We literally praised him like all last episode about like, you know, and they said on the podcast too perfectly, like, 
a lot of people talk about, you know, what they're going to do, what's going to go on or whatever. Alvin went into action. Alvin, you know, joined. He went to go fight. He did what well, he thought was best. We praised him all this episode. Well, but, yeah, this is fast. I mean, he, yeah. he gave us it wasn't the Dion Waiters, like, you know, heat check or whatever. It was more of just the like he was <laughs> like the 50 point triple double low key. I and mean, I don't even think he had it. I mean, he, he didn't have that much airtime, at least. I mean, he, he literally had scenes later on or whatever after like, they talked about the whole post thing where we just saw him in action. He wasn't even like no dialogue. No, but he was the one that was in the heat of the action the whole time. He was the one that was risking himself. He was teaching other guys like this is what you do. He was the one that was helping out the most. This is why I have the hardest time giving him the win of the episode because he loses the most. I get that. I just gave it to him as far as like everything he like. I felt he had the most impact of the episode. Now, that's pretty tough because, I mean, Herman, I mean, it's not like a, a clear straight up like, you know, I mean, it was games where like Jordan would have 55 and Pippen might have like 20. It was more of like a LeBron D Wade game. You know what I'm saying? Like, Sure. I don't know if our non-sports people are like losing their shit right now, but like, what does that mean? <laughs> but you know, I'm just, you know, this is my world. For sure. Jack at least gets that, you know, so. <sighs> That's the thing that I said that earlier. He has a rough end. It's hard to give him yeah. the weight of the world because he lost the most. Right. I don't know. I I, say you got any. Oh, go ahead. I almost think Herman Herman wins the episode. He's the one that realizes what's going on the most through the episode. Catches it. Catches his son catching it. Gains the realization of what's going on for real. In a sector he's not aware of. And then right. lets the son go. I feel like, you know, we spoke about it a lot last episode, not as much this, even though, you know, Sandy's even more rebellious this episode. But like, you know, I think I'd ask you like flat out, like, you know, you ever just came at your parents like this or whatever. And, you know, you were like, no. And I was like, same here, of course, because I mean, I make jokes with my mom, whatever. And she kind of catches on it now. And she's like, yeah, I'm not trying to tell you how to run your life or whatever. And I was like, no, I'm just I get it, mom. But you got to let me like, you know, grow and find out and shit. My dad, though, our talks are just kind of like, you know, I've listened to everything you said. And he's like, you know what, son? I appreciate that, whatever. Not to say my dad has just always been right or whatever. He's like, I'm not going to even get into it or whatever on, on pod or whatever. I'll tell you. But, like, you know, my dad's made mistakes. He's owned up to his mistakes and everything. But he's always said, you know, this shit I tell you, like, move, like, I know you're going to succeed or whatever. So when you tell me stuff like, yo, he even told me, like, which I'm, I ain't trying to get emotional right here at the very end or whatever. He's like, yo, the fact you look up to me is crazy because, like, son, I can't even imagine that, like, that, you know, I raised you. And I'm like, yo, that's wild. You know what I'm saying? That's wild shit. For sure. Right. Hearing that from someone or whatever, like, just been, you know, one of the biggest presents in my life, if not the biggest, you know? Yeah. 
You got anything before we get to this um, you know, preview for the next episode, bro? No. We're almost at the tail end, guys. I we appreciate you guys sticking with us to this, man. We're almost there, man. It's um, a long episode. Hey, look. <laughs> It needed to be this or whatever. I'm going to go ahead and expose it or whatever. I don't know about my co-host or whatever. I hadn't had a Liddy episode in a while, but quarantine, we we Liddy on this episode. So I got a little bit more to say. You getting natural 100% mook or whatever, not tamed, no Impala, anything, you know? Go ahead. A lot of y'all called that reference. A lot of y'all didn't. <sighs> we had Rabbi Bengelsdorf wanting to wanting to open up the country to a permanent migration of jewish families where he's asked isn't this supposed to be voluntary any answers huh how could it how could it be otherwise mm. <laughs> like what i'm like uh okay we'll see we go from there to sandy's back from kentucky so i guess we're, we're skipping a couple of months we might be in 1942 who knows but uh, Bess and Herman, they're talking to Sandy and everything. And he called, which I think at one point or whatever, Bess was like, you know, this is going to ruin your reputation. Sandy calls them narrow minded ghetto Jewish people, because I told you I'm not saying that word. And he calls his dad, Herman, particularly a dictator that's worse than Hitler as he runs off again. I'm like, yo, how many times could you just run off or whatever? Like, my pa's would have ran and chased me down and beat my ass by this point. I'm just saying. <laughs> like, For sure. Yeah, that, that was a thing. I'm not trying to say, like, oh, God, you know, people talk about the way they were raised and everything. I'm not looking at different stuff or whatever. I can straight up tell you guys, though. Pops never laid hands on me or whatever. I was the good one in my family, at least, where I always got to start talking to him. Now, mom was the aggressor. Pops would be like, yo, like, son, you know, you better than that. On to the last thing. Um, So there's a body being carried into a car as a crying best holds back Philip. And there's a funeral later on before we get to the meetup of Herman and Rabbi Bangelsdorf. This shit about to get popping next episode, boy. You hear me? <sighs> Thoughts? It's going to be tense. For sure. <laughs> right. I can't wait, man. I'm here for it. I cannot wait. I mean, it, it's. I mean, I told you I was not bored this episode. I was enthralled. I'm like, yo, like it, it, it was. It was at this point I was like, shit, it's only 59 minutes. <laughs> HBO, you're doing your thing. David Simon, like Jack Smith says, this episode one. Damn, this got to be only like six episodes. We couldn't get ten. Hey, I'm here for whatever he is uh, ready for because I trust. Trusting David Seven, you trusted yeah. him, and I'm gonna say this on pod or whatever. So I guess I'm gonna have to keep it. I'm gonna have to stay to it at this point. You know, there's no going back. I'm gonna have to during this little period of quarantine. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna have to finally just watch the wire. Fuck yes, you do. And I'm gonna text you the entire time. I'm gonna annoy the hell out of you, but hey, be ready. I'm ready for that wire rewatch. Let's hey. do it. Any final thoughts before we close this episode out, brother? Nah, brother. I'm good. It's 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 getting emotional now. It's getting it's getting real. 
And as the episodes get deeper or whatever, you I mean, we clearly doubled up the last two episodes or whatever. The longest one for, you know, Plot Against America pod. But I mean, part three, Jack and I have just felt enthralled or whatever. We had to go through this. I mean, literally, like you guys, if you only know, it, we're about two some hours in at this point. We were talking for a good almost hour before we even started. So God knows. It's getting real. We appreciate everything. Um, like I say, I didn't say at the beginning or whatever. Remember to late rate, excuse me, like, comment, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. Um, I'm a little bit behind or whatever. I will definitely get that out before you guys. Not not by the time you guys hear this, but by the end of this week, I will definitely have that April Fool's playlist out for you guys. You know, new music out for your head top. I don't know if Jack's been listening to that or whatever, because, you know, a lot of music I know he has no clue about, but trying to trying to diversify his listening experience, you know? I need to catch up. I feel like anybody that's listening to this or whatever, you should also check out the links. So you can check out that new April Fool's playlist whenever it drops. By the time you guys are listening, whatever, I mean, they're, they're all in my Apple and my, like, Spotify, whatever, for whatever you listen to. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's one of the two. I, I don't know which other platforms to put on. I only pay for one of them and spotify just happens to be dope but you know check out the new music or whatever that's in my head or whatever and also the homies help me out with um that's pretty much all i got for part three i appreciate the brother jack like always man yes sir so that's it part three the plot against america that's jack I'm Mookie. Coco's over here asleep. It's been a lot of, well, it's not a lot, about a drink and two beers in. And until next time, we are.